Hi, you guys. Welcome back to POV with Gwen. I'm your host, Gwen Singer, and I'm sitting down today with Gigi Paris, and I'm so excited to pick her brain about her experiences as an art director in the art world and her experiences launching a brand new gallery here in L.A. So I wanted to ask you, um, what part of Spain you're from, and um, when did you come over like, to the U.S.? Yeah, my, my, my life is a little bit... Of a bit of a journey um so and i don't somehow i know you so I'd like, i feel like i know I you know. so well and then as I, I was writing out the questions i'm like gosh there's no, so much i still need to I learn i know i lived in a lot of different countries but um i was raised in spain in valencia and in a little tiny island called menorca oh wow for a couple of years i used to live in a farm no way <laughs> what kind of farm like what animals? i don't know i was just like a, i was a farm girl with horses and chickens oh. and all that stuff but um i was luckily to be raised in a family of, of artists my mother's a prima ballerina and my father's a blue chip museum artist from spain wow yeah. wow so i've seen actually i've seen on your instagram your mother's still dancing beautifully oh yeah okay <laughs> she, your mother looks phenomenal yeah, yeah. so i mean so i definitely see the ballerina yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i've seen your dad's um art yeah. one of the paintings in your in your yeah, place it's he's, i mean incredible he's great um he's i he love him very paints. much he still paints unfortunately you know um, that's why I got into the whole art thing. I was raised with that. My type, my dad is the type of person that he used to come home late at night with, I don't know, one ear completely green and his nose blue because he comes <laughs> home from, from the studio and he scratches himself <laughs> and smelling like turpentine at 2.30 in the morning, like, I'm here. Like, what is, <laughs> is Okay, what is, what is going on? So, yeah, he, he used to do a lot of museum works, um, museum exhibitions in Museo de Guadalajara in Mexico and Cuba, all over Spain and Europe. He used to, I think, something with... Um, the Viennale, Viennale of, of um, Venice. Wow. So things like that. But um, I got into art because um, in 2008, the economic crisis hit very, very hard. Where were you then? I was in Spain. I was, I was very young back then. I think I was in high school still. And I didn't really understand what was going on, but my father had an art gallery. And that's how we made, you know, that's how we fed us, was through selling his artworks and art galleries closed. Wow. And I thought to myself, what can I do to help my family? So... I got. I went to art school, and then I thought, well, I kind of need to take a little step step further, right? So I ended up getting a master's degree in international art market and art business, an MBA, and then just escalated to this, I guess, wow. which is becoming <laughs> opening a new art gallery now in Westwood, which is <laughs> so, so cool. It's just so exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited about this, and I know that yeah. it's um you're still in the you know developmental stages, or it's like you haven't launched uh, just yet. No. But can you tell us the name of the gallery? Yes, it's uh, it's gonna be Path Gallery. Path Gallery. Yeah. And okay, and then is there a like a really nice restaurant? Yes, <laughs> actually it is. So I'm very 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 lucky to have um, not only as a boss but as a mentor and the whole mind behind this, his name is Philip Camino. He has a company called Camino Industries, and he owns several restaurants in L.A., including um, Stout, Earth Bar, um, the Hudson, which I think is going to be called something else now. He's opening one called Imari, and he owns The Fellow that is in Westwood. So The Fellow is truly incredible. It opened on the 21st and has a chef, Chris Flint, who used to be at 11 Madison Park when they got the three Michelin stars there. And so now Whoa. it's there. Okay. And I share the space with the restaurant. It's very much very independent, one from another. But you can go to the restaurant through the art gallery. And Lovely. a lot of people, when they think, oh, art gallery with a restaurant, they think of like gallery cafe. This is not it mm -hmm. <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. It's very much it's independent space. And um, it's quite big, actually. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. I'm definitely, definitely. So it's a world class whole experience you get from all senses, from having the best sommeliers. We have a level two wine cellar, which is very hard to get. Um, the best sommeliers in, in the United wow. States. So we wow. have the best chefs. 
And now we're going to get the best artworks and I the best art. So gosh. it's like a whole cultural experience. What an incredibly beautiful yeah. way to, to, to debut as a gallery uh, director. Yes. I mean, this is your place and it's <laughs> it's already so. It's really something that nobody has ever done before because you go, for example, to Hauser and Worth and, and, and the Arts District and they have Manuela. They're not really in sync with one another. It's like the restaurant and then the, ar the art gallery. But what I'm planning to do with the, with the restaurant is, is a lot of, sensorial experiences so for example when we open we're going to be opening with a nigerian artist based in new york city his name wow. is moyasore martins and on the june on june 15th we're going to be flying him in putting him in the kitchen with chef whoa and doing a whole tasting menu uh, um, around his exhibition so then we can have private dinners for collectors and whoever wants to come in to have that experience of food inspired in the artwork Wow, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited, so thrilled about this idea. I mean, yeah, Sarah's just <laughs> nodding. Yes. Oh, you guys have to come. It's going to be amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> so can you tell me... Um, Tell me about your path within the art world. So, you know, oh how did you, so, you know, so I know now, um, you know, about your educational background, mm -hmm. but what was your first job in, in, Ooh. in art? <laughs> Full disclosure. I think I've had all the jobs <laughs> in the art world. Really? Oh, yes. And, you know, uh, when you get out of college and you get out of, out of your master's degree, you start really from the bottom. And I think I started really, really, really from the bottom. And I, and I, and I'm so grateful that I did because I got to learn every single aspect of an art gallery that, you know, if you go directly to a position that is more like a, a senior position, you don't really get to experience all those steps. 100%. And they're not easy. <laughs> they're really, really not <laughs> and easy. And they're essential. They're so essential. You have to learn how to hang. You have to learn how to deal with art handlers. You have to learn all the basics of running an art gallery. Also from dealing with artists and, and dealing with clients and and everything step by step you just really have to learn that in order to be successful i guess and also it, it makes you more humble yes because uh, personally i i think that every single person inside of a business room i don't care if it's an art gallery or a restaurant or every single person is so important yeah. even if you're like the busser that brings the drinks or the people who are cleaning your dishes or people who are handling your artwork every single person deserves exactly the same amount of respect and because I've been there, so yeah. I know what it is. I I think that's I, I, it's it stayed with me certainly my experience in the service industry, and I've had this conversation with so many people before. And I think yeah, it, it is so humbling. You know, yeah. you always do to make sure you treat people like they're human. Exactly. You've been there before. Exactly. You also know. Uh, but then there are times too, though. And you know, full disclosure, there are times too, and I'm like, yep, this bitch is gonna stay here. A while. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going nowhere. Well, honey. don't they say <laughs> that um, whenever you're starting to date somebody, you should always pay attention on um, how they treat their their servers, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, it's so telling. <laughs> it's so, so telling. 100%, yeah. You should pay attention to how they treat their mothers, you know, men, mm -hmm. or like, you know, like females in their life. Mm -hmm. um, I always pay attention to like how they talk about their exes. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, service industry, staff, anyone in a position exactly. of like, you know, because what is the quote? Um, judge, you know, don't judge someone by the way they treat their superiors. Judge them by the way that they treat their exactly. uh, subordinates. Exactly. But, you know, we should try not to judge probably. Exactly. Really, but, you know, but I think <laughs> everybody's super essential. I think that everybody, regardless where they are in their life or their status or, or in the position in an art gallery or not, they are always um, in time to go ahead. And if you're part of that process of helping them and mentoring them, yes. and giving them the opportunity, 
you never know who you have in your hands to help you and who's going to be in your team. Well, and that is something that I've always really noticed about you. You're such a, um, you really love to help develop talent. I've noticed that you are, yeah. you you really, you light up. And, you know, we have a friend in common who's an artist that yeah. you're, you're constantly, like, checking in on and yeah. kind of guiding. Um, <laughs> so that's so beautiful for that you're in this position mm -hmm. that um, and to, to help to, A, highlight, you know, talented artists and hopefully guide those that aren't ready yet um, exactly. to, you know, in, in, in getting getting there. Uh, yes, and I think it comes because of my, my, my roots with my father, you know, unfortunately. He's, he's almost 80 years old and is the type of person that doesn't know how to use a cell phone, doesn't know how to use email. And it's a shame because I know that there's so many uh. people that are extremely, extremely talented worldwide and they just need to be seen, need, yeah, need to be loved exposure. and need to be heard and need to be exposed. And you can guide them. And unfortunately, right now, the art world is a popularity contest. Mm. So Every world is, though. Yes. Music, I mean, anything with arts, it's yeah. just, you know, it is, is, you know, so frequently, you know, like yeah. recently I have a friend who's casting um, for something and showing me, you know, so, uh, anyway, like follower count is listed mm -hmm. on resumes mm -hmm. and things like that. And exactly. so, yeah, and it's so difficult. And also, we have another um you know, friend or co connection who works at A&R um, and now it turns out that a lot of their newer artists they're drafting like right off of or they're recruiting off of TikTok oh yeah so you know so no yeah, yeah. yeah so, so that's got to be frustrating in some ways uh, yeah, I mean it it's just you know how it goes right now yeah. it's the technology is moving so fast and if Instagram and TikTok are they're going to be the new platforms instead of actually going to studio visits then meeting uh, artists and events. that's true that makes sense and it's, it's just really exposure. good too because you know thanks to these platforms now so many artists can you know be exposed that before it was a lot harder that it was yeah. more word to mouth that makes sense you know and in some ways it's created more opportunity for some exactly artists. So, yeah. so i want to talk about um I want to talk about NFTs. Oh um, <laughs> Here we go. Can you can you explain to my listeners who don't know what they are? Okay, I'm gonna try. Okay, okay. So uh, <laughs> it's funny because I think that a lot of people know what NFTs are, but there's such there's, it's it's a thing that is so new that I don't think anybody knows exactly what they are in general. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna try really to explain understand. it. So it's a non -fung non fungible token. Okay. Um, um, with art that is linked to uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. And what it does is that it's, it holds the value of the actual artwork inside the blockchain. And collectors can purchase these NFTs that are um, mostly digital um, through all these different platforms. And um, they're part of their collection and they are linked. They can only buy it through um, crypto, cryptocurrency. And then they can exchange it or sell it again. And I think it has to do also with like the value of the crypto if it goes up and down. Right, right. So the value of art will fluctuate as well. Yeah, and it's kind of like the Robin Hood effect that happened uh, a while ago too. Again, with exposure, you know, artists normally before crypto and before all this technological era, um, they had to be represented by a manager or an art gallery or a collector that would introduce them into the art world. But now, you know, what happened with crypto and Robin Hood, people can go directly to the artist and talk with him and buy it directly from the studio from the artist which is pretty good. They're like cutting the middle part out. Oh, yeah. You know. It's funny to hear you supportive of that being uh, I kinda in your am, role. Actually. That's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> well, I kind of am too. You know, my gallery is very is going to be very artist friendly in that type of sense. I I don't want to make um, art artists, you know, feel that um, they're going to be signing with the devil when they sign one with an art gallery. Can I ask if you're, you know, that comes from any experiences you've had in the art world. Do you feel that that, you know, because you obviously you come from 
you know, Maddox Gallery background yes. more, most recently. Yes. Um, and and that's a major gallery. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and without you know, ha- um, you know, point you know, pointing any fingers at Maddox, like yeah. you know, what what was it that you were hoping to do differently, or or your own way, I guess, yeah. with Path Gallery? I think it was more <laughs> conversations with artists directly. You know, I feel that if you really truly truly care about the artists that you're that you're working with and represent them, and you really see the potential. You're gonna want to want the best for them. So if they have the opportunity of having an exhibition in s- New York or Shanghai or anywhere else with another art gallery, that also benefits you. So by signing them off and saying, "Oh, absolutely not," you're represented with me only, only, only. Well, it's kind of like cutting their wings a little bit. Um, I don't want that for my artists, and I can't speak for all the art galleries because that's a different type of business but I want to help them get as much exposure because I want to be with them and make them the best artists in the world and uh, create incredible careers and if that means that I have to share or I have to help them with another art gallery that's amazing too that's so really refreshing to hear yeah. I think that's so refreshing to hear and I think it's also um, a better business mindset mm. as well because you know you w- I, I, or at least I, I think that my experience is once you once you stop you know kind of ch- trying to take ownership mm. and you, you just you know purely encourage yeah. yeah everyone wins and then you develop these longer lasting relationships yeah. hopefully you can work together over the I just you know think that the whole model of the art world is so outdated and um, going to a different path, actually, that's why I'm calling it Path Gallery, but um, ah. going to a different path with how things are and changing it a little bit. I want to be the, the, the good guy in, in the art world. I want to really help artists develop their careers, and I think that the most beautiful thing in life is amazing collaborations ah. that are going to last for a lifetime, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Hopefully so. That's so 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 refreshing to hear. I mean, um, it sounds I, I honestly like the ideal. It sounds too altruistic <laughs> and like too too happy and forever. But but it's not I really to me. You know, I really do mean it. I do yeah. mean it. You know, I, I really and do. I believe that you do. Well, I mean, anyway, but of course, I I know you through an honest friend that we have in common, and so and, and so I know what a mentor and and how much of a guide you've been mm-hmm. for him, and so mm-hmm. that doesn't um it doesn't at all surprise me to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so we've talked about NFTs. Um, so w- like, what are your thoughts on NFTs? Has that bubble burst? Like, is that that's like a, that's a good question? Actually, I was in a clubhouse meeting with a couple incredible people um, a while ago Can with I ask my you? yes, with my very 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 dear friend Donalyn Patacos, who is the owner and writer and and does everything for Portray Mag in Miami. Lovely. And I was also in the panel with com- Big Comic Arts, which is a big um, cool big NFT artist, and we were just talking about this and. First of all, I think it's a great platform for all artists that not even have representation to showcase their works and for collectors to um, see their works and maybe potentially go and, and buy physical work. It's a great exposure thing. Now, wh- it, it's tricky because it when it comes to like collectors versus artists and the bubble, I totally think that it's a bubble and that's just my personal opinion. Um, when the bubble bursts, I don't know who it's going to affect more, if it's the collector or if it's going to be the artist. Because if it's the artist, I would hate for their value to go down. Uh, yeah, for it to actually affect. Or the for the collector to lose their, their money and their investment. Right. So that's what we're talking about. I'm very curious on what it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to burst anytime soon because of the recent auctions that have happened with like Christie's and Beeple and like all these things that are going on. But maybe it's just something that is temporary. Mm. Who knows? I think. 
other small things. It's hard to imagine that this digital piece of art, like, you know, with, with a painting, you have something that you can physically look at and admire and appreciate and speak to you. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to imagine that there's a digital NFT that would speak to you the same way, like, you know, unless you have it on a TV on loop. Yeah. So it's so it's so for investment reasons or investment purposes, seems like, you know, certainly opportunity. But for as like an art connoisseur, I don't know that that it will ever really compete. Do you I think don't it will? think that the same effect you get from seeing an actual piece in person the same effect yeah. that you get when you see an NFT. Yeah, it's more but purely. But I don't think this is. Th I think this is just purely for investment yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I like them both, but I really do like the effect of in-person yeah. artwork. <laughs> and, you know. uh, yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, so when did you f know you first loved art? So yes, your father was a painter, so you've always known. <sighs> yeah, I guess it's kind of the only, only thing that I know how to do. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah. what were your original goals within art, like as a youth? I didn't really know. I wanted to be a painter, but I wasn't really that good at it. Mm. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, I liked more talking about it and looking at beautiful artworks. And I was trying to copy and trying to be a painter, but I wasn't that good. And I said, well, maybe this is not my thing. But I was so fascinated when I heard about Damien Hirst's um, Shark That Sold a oh. long time ago. And um, I, first, I bought my first book, The uh, $10 Million Shark, when I was 16 years old. And I was crazy fascinated when... Started, wow. you know, evolutioning from there. I just was fascinated with the art market and how artworks get their value. Really it's interesting. Yeah. So, so it sounds to me that you, so you've always had the passion for the art and about the art and about the art world, or, or you know, the and creatives. But, uh, but it doesn't sound. It sounds like this particular Damien Hirst piece was the moment, or was the trigger. I was just so shocked. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was like, how on earth can this happen? And then just you know, started a curiosity in me. That's yeah. like, well, I want to know more. What does how does artwork get its value? Why are they priced like this? And then I just started investigating more and more and more, and one thing got to another, and I ended up here. <laughs> wow. All right. So, Gigi, when can you tell me when you knew you first loved art? I mean, your dad was an artist, yeah, so. Yeah, I think it was um, actually when I was six years old. I always had artwork in my house, and going to museums with my parents is just so much fun because you know so much and they can always tell me like secret little messages in art world in the art pieces and we went to like the Prado Museum and it was amazing but I think it was in Barcelona when they took me to the Rothko um, retrospective and, and um oh <laughs> there we go yeah Whoop. <laughs> yeah so they took me to the Rothko retrospective and I didn't really understand I was like six years old and when you see Rothko they're just you know color fields but I, I'm speechless, you know, because I, I went inside of the inside of the exhibition and you see all these dimmed lights and you see these incredible pieces and they start vibrating and I don't know what happened to me. It was I was speechless at the moment and it's li it's wow. like a type of feeling that you don't really have words to describe it, but something shifts in you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I don't even know what happened and I don't know if I'm ever ever gonna be able to explain it. But that's the moment that I thought I there's like an indescribable feeling that you know it just generates curiosity and impact and and all these infinite thoughts and I said to myself when I'm when I'm older I want to do something that creates the same sensation and feeling that I'm having right now. Wow, you curate this experience. So it's a memory that I'm always going to have with me forever, and with the shows that I want to do with Path Gallery, I want the viewers to come and have that same exact feeling that you know you go home and you think about something that just happened to you 
for a couple days. You know, it's like, oh, oh my God, are you, I can't stop thinking about this painting or this song or this movie. It just caused this feeling inside of me. And I, I think I want to watch it again, the movie, or I want to go back and see it. I want people to have that memory forever. Really. That's so beautiful. Yeah, and here you are now curating that experience <laughs> for others, you know. Yeah. I have I have a few of those memories. You know, for me, um, yeah, yeah there's a few. The John Paul Gaultier exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I can't even That's remember. A good a one. Bit, oh, it was incredible. Um, incredible. I can't remember even which museum in San Francisco that was. But that was stuck with me forever. Mm-hmm. Also, the first time you're, you're Spanish. Um, the first time I went to... Uh, La Sagrada Familia. Familia. Yes. I cried. It brought uh, me to yes. tears. The stained yeah. glass, the lights. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gaudi, incredible. But this is the thing. Why did you cry? What did what made you what made you have that feeling? Can you describe it? I think I was overwhelmed at. It was so whimsical, and ma- it just felt like magic. Mm-hmm. Um, the like lighting magic. alone, yeah, it felt like magic. It, it, it really like visually communicating a feeling, an ethereal feeling. Yeah. Um, you ca- but definitely the way the the, the the stained glass captured the light. Exactly. It was the light work. So, you know, there's a lot of artists that talk about so many topics, about political topics, childhood topics, totally. very traumatic topics, or even more happy topics or something that is going on in, in their country or in their life. But there's also these pieces and this artwork and architecture and and that it doesn't really have to do with any topic yeah but it's just it just totally exists medium, it's yeah. just is yeah. and you just feel mm-hmm. and you're in the moment and it brings you presence and it just creates this very spiritual feeling also you know and and i and i love that aspect also in the art and i'm and, I'm, and i love all of them all the themes yeah, you know good. so <laughs> Wonderful. I don't know if that answers your question <laughs> oh my gosh well i have more i have plenty <laughs> more um so okay so this question I was really interested to ask. Um, every industry is different. You know, it's challenging to be a woman in every single one of them um, mm. <laughs> in many ways. Mm. C- but can you tell me about the challenges you face as a woman in the art world? Does it, you know, it, what difficulties there? Do you feel like it's an advantage, a disadvantage at times? Um, is it man's world like so much of the world still is? I mean, it has been a man's world for the longest time. I still experience it. I have experienced it in the past. I've experienced things that I particularly don't really like I don't need to talk about them Mm. but yeah I've had my my situations I think also because um being young right if I was maybe older I would be taken a little bit more seriously Mm -hmm. but I started this when I was 20 25 no more more younger I think it was like 23 um now I'm 29 and I'm the director of an art gallery and for some people you know they think that oh maybe they're she's too young you know so whatever but actually I have a lot to offer 100 percent. yeah and I have a lot to give and I've done my research and I've done my my work and I'm just in the end here to do the greater good but yes I've had my challenges I've experienced things that I don't want other people to experience and it has been a very you know dominated male industry for the longest time you know the good thing is now that it's shifting you see it changing yes yes i do you well you're an example of that <laughs> i mean you're, you're a you. female entrepreneur well, yeah, yeah thank thank you so much but i see more and more um gallery owners that are that are women f- incredible female curators incredible female artists you know it sucks because um a couple of years ago there were so many protests about not enough female artists in art in museums wow. and then and also when it comes to um great masters you go to um to museums and it's only only male artists when it comes to great masters and that really sucks too because i know that back in the renaissance or, or, or those times there were other female artists that were incredible but they were not you know regarded right. 
And, right? now and it was it's, forbidden at times, like for a long time too. Yeah, though, so that crazy. also, they were just not really taken seriously. Yeah. And that really sucks. Even like in the courts, you have the the artists that used to paint for Napoleon. Like I'm sure that there were also women at the time that could do. Oh, 100%. And yeah, the missed opportunities there. The, yeah, all the know. lost talent. 100%. So now, now even more, you see these incredible, incredible female artists that are truly breaking the market. And you see Jenny Saville, you see Helen Beard, you oh see, yeah, totally. I mean, even Louise Bourgeoise back in the time before she passed away, she was this old French woman, very small, but she used to do the most incredible, incredible, ginormous sculptures of of um how do you say it in english of, of spiders i was gonna mm. say araña of, oh, of spiders araña. in bronze <laughs> and it's like oh my god how did I've you seen, develop uh, this? yes i've seen i've seen some <gasps> I, I, there was that one at the sf moma yes yeah. and it's truly amazing and i know that if she would still be with us today she would be very proud of what the the art world is doing for for, for females now we have an actual voice to speak more to be more included and i hope i hope that this equality of females in the art in industry, it's not only about like equality and have to be putting females because we have to. Yeah. It just becomes just a normal thing, a normalized yeah. thing. Yeah, just you the know? response to the they art. Don't, they don't only do of only female women showing in, yeah. in art galleries or museums. It's like, come on, guys, let's yeah. just normalize this. You're right. Let's, not, let's just not dedicate one month out of the year to do one group exhibition for women because mm -hmm. we kind of have to. Right. Like, just let's just do more exhibitions yeah. of amazing artists Regardless if it's female or women or, 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 or male, you know? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Like, who cares? It's if the yeah. art is good, it's good. Period. Exactly. Yeah, when we're talking about art, and one well, so funny, actually, Jake introduced this idea <laughs> last time when we were talking about the Academy Awards. And we're saying, like, why is there best uh, actress and best actor, yeah. right? Um, you know, he, why can't we be flat? And I, I yeah. you know, I was like, well, then, then we wouldn't have as many awards, <laughs> and that's not as fun. But um, <laughs> but it was an interesting point because if we're talking about art, you know, it's just like, why is it generated? A great performance is a great performance yeah. regardless. Right, right. Regardless. All right, so do you have a favorite experience or like, you know, a most memorable experience at an exhibition at a museum? Because, you know, I'll never forget some of my, um, like my, uh, one of my, my favorites was actually the, uh, there's a book by, or you know, those um, color, paint by numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Paint by numbers books, <laughs> right? We, <laughs> right? I haven't really messed around with them much, but, um, but there was an installation at SF MoMA and that's, that was my go-to growing up museum and you know so I started off actually really loving really abstract stuff which is funny and then gained more of an appreciation for you know renaissance art and other kinds of art over time but um but I went there and it was like it was like a room um that everything on the walls and the ceiling was paint by numbers but half of it was filled in and like painted and like a jungle and then the other half is just the numbers and like empty spaces on the wall mm -hmm. and there was a sink running and so th and then there's a fake waterfall so but it then it turns into an industrial sink and it was just really really interesting because it was my first experience with like um what's a, a, a kind of interactive because you're walking mm -hmm. through the room and i remember that you know you know from that young age being like oh, i think i like this weird modern art stuff you know i think i like you know just you know <laughs> having it being like there's no <laughs> answer that it's just stimulating yeah. um what experiences have you had what what you know which which ones can you recall have been memorable for you oh my god there's so many incredible exhibitions that i've seen i'm sure so, so i mean you're from spain like my goodness <laughs> yeah i've, I've <laughs> and seen and you have a father who's yeah, a painter so. i mean i've seen so many incredible exhibitions um a couple that i have in mind is for example um electric earth from doug aiken at the geffen contemporary a couple years ago and that was so incredible, all the installation pieces and the photography and the main installation inside um, the main room that was um, 
this video and the the screen was round and you would just sit on the floor and um, hear this beautiful song from the, from the flamingos that was um, I think it was called um, the flamingos wow so it was like the multi-sensory yes yes and even I think um, so many actors were singing and and what Doug Aiken does is that he takes um, these incredible cinematic videos. Oh, no, I've seen an installation of his. In, like, abandoned. I think I may yeah. have seen this exact one. And, oh, and, my goodness. In, like, motels and gas stations. And uh. and let me see if I can find the song. There's um. another, I think, that it may be the same artist, but it's, like, you know, there was, you know, multiple, like, vocalists and, and yeah. instrumental, you know, musicians. And, yeah, and, the and they're all in different parts of this gorgeous, stunning property. Yeah. And then he plays, he puts them, you know, displays them on screens, mm -hmm. like, you know, in, in museums. So I'm, I'm yeah. I wonder if this is the same artist, but that's yeah. another one of them. But it was very beautiful. Even I think Tilda Swinton was part of um, that um, videography, and the song is I Only Have Eyes um, for You by the Flamingos. And the way that each individual character was singing it a cappella was memorable and then you see the flamingos at their current age also singing it in a diner and uh -huh. the, the whole experience was it, it took you it took you back it was very nostalgic i don't i don't know why but it was very very nostalgic and it's the more song, about maybe. like you can see the electricity and, and the beauty of each individual person and people regardless of where they are and and you can see that beauty and everybody has a voice wow. yeah really Lovely. really yeah. beautiful and so he had the, he had the original band also playing on loop yes wow well, it was part of like one of the clips the everybody was singing the song in different um different scenes but in the end you saw the three of them sitting down in a diner continuing the song and it was no music just a cappella. And I encourage it to p for you to put it on here as well if, if you can find it. But there was also this big Lovely. neon piece that was pretty pretty amazing called um, 99 Cent Dreams. And that was really, it really spoke to cool. me. about. It was very nostalgic. Oh. And it took you back. So that's, anyway, that's one of 99 my... 99 Cent Dreams. Yeah, interesting. Like, you know, they already, like, thought-provoking. Yeah, that was uh, one of the exhibitions that really spoke to me. Um, for some so reason. So it sounds like you do like this multi-sensory, um, you know, uh, uh, what, what, what is the word I said? Um, interactive, kind yeah. of, you know, interactive art. Is that the kind of exhibition you hope to have at your gallery? Yes. So multi-sensory, yes. so definitely incorporating other mediums. Yes, exactly. Really cool, very yes. cool. And again, I w as what I said before, I want people to be able to come in as many times as they want to have that feeling. So my space really is going to be a blank canvas and just, you know, a place for the artist so they can just completely transform it to do their vision. If they want to paint the entire place pink, they can. Wow, <laughs> if they want to hang things from the ceiling <laughs> and do I will help them do their vision. You know, I don't want it to be the white cube space where there's only a couple paintings and that's pretty much it. No, let's go big. Let's just transform it. Let's make it a whole interactive experience on the labyrinth, really. Let's create a feeling. I absolutely love that. Yeah, you seem like yeah, no, like you're so open-minded <laughs> to all things. So Sometimes I think you're too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know that there's any such thing in the art world, especially right. <laughs> so that's really really cool. Um, so, so what kind of art do you plan to feature? Or are you currently featuring? Like, so you, you know, what is locked in? How much yeah. of it, you know? How much um, do you still need to fill? Well, I'm still planning my year calendar of 2022. So again, we're going to be um, opening the exhibition 16th of September at Path Gallery in Westwood Village um, with Moyasora Martins, an incredible Nigerian artist based in New York City. 
And um, I just can't wait for you to see that. I can't wait either. And I have an incredible roster of different artists as well. And I'm kind of planning on signing more too. Um, I have Ty Nathan Clark, who is based in Texas. And he is an incredible abstract multidisciplinary artist. And what I love about his works as well is that he paints about feelings. I have a diptych at the gallery right now that is based on John Coltrane's music. Then I have um, Marcel Rosek, who is an artist that is from the Red Thumbs. And we are also collaborating with an art gallery from the Netherlands. Again, collaborating. I think that's the, the word of the day, really. That is. <laughs> it really is. It's been on every single one way. of our podcasts. That's the way Come to do with things. Every you know? And if I can collaborate also with other art galleries to do amazing shows here in LA, my space is your space. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful know. news. But again, this other artist that I am absolutely fascinated by, her name is Katinka Lampe from Katinka the Netherlands. From the Netherlands. And she okay, creates the most beautiful, stunning, por stunning portraits that I've ever oh, seen, and I'm really? extremely excited about that, too. So that's going to be September 2022. Okay. And um, from here on, I will let you guys know what my plan is. So far, I'm still developing <laughs> it. I know. Good. That's exciting. <laughs> yes. Well, and I know you've been doing other um, other collab collaborations, other projects. I know that um, there's you know, you've teamed up with this magazine. Mm -hmm. Remind me the name again. It's well, a big it, one. Uh, I... It's kind of like I haven't teamed up quite yet, yet, okay, yet, but okay, we are planning on <laughs> maybe doing like a collaboration exhibition together with Gross Magazine, also with Portray Mag, with Donalyn Patacos, who's in Miami. She's probably going to be curating um, one show or two next year with me. Um, and also she's an, an incredible force of help introducing me to incredible artists, too. She introduced me to Ty Nathan Clark. And, um, and yeah, just that's what I'm going to be doing pretty much. Lovely. Yeah. And you're still dealing, and you still you deal art privately as well. Yes, I do. Yeah, so you deal a lot with private collectors, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and I know recently you uh, you mentioned that you were you have Banksy's access to Banksy's. Have you decided that? Um, have you bought tickets for the Banksy exhibition? Apparently, it's sold out already for the first two months. <laughs> no, I have yeah, not. Yeah, it's coming in a couple months. I have months. not. It slipped my yeah, mind, yeah. and I didn't have time, and I just ended up not yeah. not buying tickets for that. But um, there's other shows that I really am interesting and in, interested in seeing actually. Yeah, so good. That's great. News, they're coming. Yes, they're coming. <laughs> Happy to hear it. Yeah. So, um, only a few more questions for you. Um, what do you what do you hope to see yourself doing in five years, or where do you want to see the gallery in five years? You know, what what do you what's your vision for that time? Yeah. So, um, again, it's going to be very interactive space. Um, I want to be a platform so incredible artists can be seen and heard, and I want to be their support system um, to create the most incredible experiences. Um, I do see Path Gallery opening more branches yeah, across right. the U.S. and maybe in Europe. Lovely. Oh, it's already love in the that. talks. That's really cool. It's already in the talks. Yes, a little bit more experimental. Lovely. A little bit like Hauser and Worth opening one in, in Menorca. Okay. So things like that, doing more pop-ups and a um, little bit more um, creating an incredible roster of artists, incredible exhibitions that are. A little bit different of what you normally see in the LA art scene with the art with with the art galleries, so more wacky yeah. and and crazy avant garde and, yeah, and yeah a little bit more avant garde. It's like what am I looking at? What let's go to <laughs> Path Gallery. That's where we're gonna get the crazy stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gigi, who would you say has been a major creative influence or an inspiration? Um, would it, would it, was it your father? You know who? I mean, I I know it sounds to me Damien Hurst is really kind of all already that answer, but you're shaking your head no. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, I've had so many incredible influences in my life, really. Um, I would say my mother is one of them. Um, she was a prima ballerina for the Netherlands Dance Theater, and she was able to 
dance with incredible choreographers like Yuri Killian and told me that, you know, it takes every single day to become the greatest, that you have to love what you do. So that's number one. And then um, I'm fascinated with Barbara Guggenheim. Um, She was able to discover a lot of incredible artists and support them because she truly loved them. And um, back in the day in New York at the time, it was very common to give small stipends to artists so they could only produce work for you. And that's something that I truly admire because um, now artists are trying to fight their way to be represented and become something in the world. And before it was the complete opposite, you know? Right. Um, There was a shortage, yeah. People wanted the artist, and they yeah. tru- because they truly believed in them, they were able to give them a salary only to dedicate them to paint. Yeah, and beautiful it, time. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't it's realize, and what a lot of people don't really realize about artists, and this means for every ting- uh, single type of, of artwork that you do, um, but it takes a lot of guts to do what you do. When an artist is in front of a blank canvas, it's it's a process. It's a very scary feeling sometimes. It's it takes a uh, it takes a lot to come up with an idea, come up with an emotion, come up with a story, and and to dive Execute. deep inside the canvas itself. Sometimes you just have to paint on top, go with your feet, dance around it. And sometimes an artwork can take a day to make, or it can take years and years, and maybe it's never never going to be completely um, complete. So when a lot of people look at a painting, for example, they only see the end result of that entire thought process. And it, 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 you have to have a lo- level of respect um, for an artist to, to really create what they're doing. And that's what I'm here to do. I, I truly respect the artists and their process. And I know that there's a story to tell. And uh, like, for example, Jackson Pollock, it was uh, his whole entire process was, was an expression of himself, was brutal. But you only see the end result. So it's a whole, you know, journey to get to where they are. And that's why, for example, I admire Barbara Guggenheim so much is that, and all the other incredible dealers like Leo Castelli, for for sure, um, is that they understood this. They cared, they respected, and they helped, and they really launched them. And they saw the brilliant talent, and even when they were starting at nothing and and the potential, and they they were there for them. There for them. Yeah, you really are um, in so many ways. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know the mentor is the word, but you are such a guide um, for these artists. I mean, you really can help them find, help them to better, I guess, um, or I mean, really providing the platform for the voice. I'm not here. I'm not here to tell any painter how they should paint or how they should do their work. Not at all. I'm, I'm, I just want to, you know, inspire them to not, you know, be defeated by the current art market and, and how things are going because... In the end, there are more people like me. There are more dealers. There are more art uh, art gallerists and collectors that truly understand this type of process that an artist has to go through. I know it because I've seen it and I experience it in my, my household. Um, a lot of art galleries and gallerists did not experience that, so maybe they're more separated to that type of feeling. But, yeah. You say that, and sorry to interrupt you, but you, you mentioned, you know, I don't want artists to get discouraged by the current art market. It's, is it a, it's challenging right now. It's a struggle right now within the art market, would you say? Um, you know, it has and when did that dip kind I of? I mean, unfortunately, it has been a popularity contest for the longest time. Um, some art galleries look at their artists by their followers that they have. 
And that's, I'm curious about that. I'm not here to judge if they're good or bad because, you know, everybody has their own tastes. Um, but it's unfortunate that that's the way to go. Um, I don't have the solution either. So I don't really know what could be a different solution. But I think that giving more opportunity to younger artists that maybe don't have as many followers, having a conversation, seeing what the story is, and if you see potential, maybe they're not there yet. But if you see potential in them, why not guide a little bit if they ask for your help, of course. And always has to be, you know, in the realms of their own artwork, their own style. Don't try to change the style of somebody ever. You know, just really respect their process. But if you have in your hands something that can help them a little bit, they're all going to be so grateful, you know. Yeah. And really creating a platform so they can shine. Put Maybe uh, it's it comes down to maybe the piece that they have in the studio doesn't look good in the studio because of the lighting and the floor, but you change that to an actual white wall and you put the proper lighting, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's all they needed, you know? So who knows? It's about it's telling the story correctly. It's really nice to hearing your perspective because it sounds to me like you work for your artists, not like you work for your your customers. That's how it should be. <laughs> it is. I mean, and so it's mind-blowing me. I'm like, wow, <laughs> how, how cool is that? So that's a beautiful thing to hear. And 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 and, and everyone wins in that process yes. because the artist becomes the best version of himself, helps to, or, or feels empowered to have their more authentic voice, exactly. you know, seen, heard, you know, metaphorically, what have you. Exactly. Um, my last question for you is a question that I ask all my guests. Do you believe in luck or do you believe, you know, fate, God, some combination of the above? I I don't I don't believe in luck. Okay, explain. <laughs> um, I think that you have to go through different stages in your life, and you have to experience sometimes tough things in order to understand more where you're going to be and what you needed to learn in order to be where you are right now. If I didn't learn the hard way on some things, I would not be where I am right now. Also, it's funny because sometimes you meet people in places that you would have never guessed, and those people become incredible, crucial parts of your life for the rest of your life. And it, I think that that was kind of like meant to be. So I'm maybe I'm too. Can you share one of those relationships that you have? Yes, absolutely. Um, I I met a client a long time ago, and I never sold him a painting actually. <laughs> But, wow. but we came really, <laughs> we actually just started talking and we became good friends. And he told me, you have to meet my girlfriend. I'm like, eh, you know, yeah. I, I never met you in person. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, oh, you have to meet my girlfriend. She's she's amazing. And months pass and, you know, you're kind of like weirded out by those type of things. And I was like, okay, fine. And I ended up meeting her, her girlfriend. And now she's one of my best friends. Wow. And uh, I call her my art very art mother <laughs> very art mother and why why is that because she's been a mentor of sorts extremely incredible mentor and yeah incredible friend and she's taught me so many incredible things and we've been working together for a very long time and because of that small interaction with her boyfriend I would have never gotten to to meet her another thing is that how I became part of this gallery um it was through actually it was very strange through LinkedIn I received this message from from the owner saying I have an, an art gallery and I want somebody to run it and um, can we talk? And I said, this is very random. I never go to LinkedIn. It's like one of those yeah. things that is like I never. I don't even have it, the app or anything like that. Like, okay, this kind of intrigues me. But I was glad kind of you caught skeptic. it. Yeah, I was kind of skeptic. And 
I met him and I saw the space and I saw the potential and space then one thing got to another and you know now I'm here opening a beautiful incredible art gallery in September but I just you know that would that's just not luck things happen for a reason I I mean I I agree that's yeah. why we were we joked before you came yeah. I'm like yeah I think we create um you may create your own luck you know <laughs> and by yeah. putting yourself by hard work I do think that we have choices to make yeah. you know yeah steering our fate yeah you know? you know but also I think that you get a lot of signs too and you have to be receptive to seeing those signs and and once you see them, it's like, oh, they're there. Wow. What kind <laughs> of signs do you like? You know, because I feel the same way. I feel like life kind of confirms when you're on the right path or direction. You know, with my mm. podcast, things have gone yeah. so swimmingly. Really um, had a wonderful response from guests. And I feel like at times, God, the universe, whatever word you have for, you know, the, <laughs> the greater, you Ooh. know, the greater power. Um, <laughs> I, it kind of confirms, hey, you're doing something right. You're on the right track. Mm. So uh, what signs have, I mean, it has everything been kind of smooth? Have you been running into a lot of hurdles with this gallery? I mean, not necessarily hurdles because I'm very lucky to be working with the most incredible team and all the artists that I'm working with are absolutely exceptional. Um, I think that when you are honest with yourself and you're honest with the people that you work with and you just want to create something for the greater good, people are going to want to work with you. I think intention when it's is beyond, good. yeah, when it's beyond money. I mean, obviously everybody needs to be profitable, but when it's something that it's a little bit beyond money, and you actually really, really have something in your heart that wants to do something good, even if it's a collaboration with a different art gallery with different dealers, and you know, I want to make things work for everybody, but it's not about hurdles. I think that there's things that need to be done and need to be said and and have to happen, and it's, sometimes it's difficult, and sometimes you have to have some awkward conversations with people, and it's fine, but. If you go with the intention of doing good, then I think that you can feel it in yourself, and I think that's the right path, yeah, you know? Yeah. So you. when I you do something on the negative side, you know that you're not going to be doing something right. You know that you're going to be doing something sketchy. So yeah. I wouldn't lead with that. I'm with you. You know, I always I, 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 I would say that um, your intuition is your kind of your first internal compass. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, I mean, you know when when something doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. You Follow do. your intuition, and I'm so I'm so excited for where it's le yours I'm is leading so you. Too. I'm so excited to view the gallery. I'm oh so yes. excited to see the artists that you're working yes. with, these projects that you're working on. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to eat at Fellow. You have to eat with me. Yes, uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And we've enjoyed having you so very much. Thank here you on the so show. much for having me. So remind me again where what the, the, so Path Gallery launches on what date? It's gonna be the 16th of September with the solo show of Moya Sora Martins. Lovely, the Nigerian artist. Mm -hmm. Well, we look forward so much to attending. Thank you so much. And we value your time and your wonderful, beautiful conversation. Thank you so, so much, Gwen, much. for having me here. It was such a pleasure being here, really. Oh, my gosh. Likewise, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of POV with Gwen.